0: welcome everyone to dj simulation sup you're here with dan Raymer and janice valaganis sup janice
1: sup dan
0: so i have something i want to talk with you about today which is you um, do yes uh, <laughs> as you know i got the flu at the imsh meeting this year and yeah, are you
1: like a hundred percent now
0: I'm, I'm 120%. And <laughs> I, um, so I left early and missed our company retreat. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and some people would say, oh, aren't you lucky? I was really <laughs> sad about it because I think retreats are something really special and important and have been meaningful in my career. So, yeah. so did I miss something?
1: You missed a lot. So you had some serious FOMO. Fear of missing out.
0: FOMO. Uh-huh, uh-huh. FOMO. Cool.
1: And and that's appropriate because you missed out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me not the detail of what I missed, but what was the
1: The hot tub, the drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> the laughter, the stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, we actually did none of that.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do that you think was valuable that I missed?
1: No, I mean, it's always great. It's actually one of my favorite things to look forward to with uh, IMSH because we always schedule it right after. Uh-huh. It's amazing because it's the only time that we're globally, all of our global faculty are together. And it's really nice to go right after IMSH because we're able to share everything that we learned from imsh It's always such a great time. It forces us to question what we're doing. I like the whole picture of who we are and who we are as individuals and each person as a whole. Everyone brings who they are as, as a complete person to the retreat and just seeing everyone in that light is you know, wonderful. I
0: mean, I think that's what's really important about having any kind of organizational get-together. Having been at CMS since near its inception for 25 years, I think retreats have played a, a huge role in bringing us together and making us uh, productive. I, I think Jeff Cooper, who was our leader for so many years, really had a good sense of that, and he would try to come up with always making it different. I think that that went a long way to figuring out who each other were in ways that we hadn't before. I think back to the original Retreat we went on. We had a graduate student who was uh, working with us doing her PhD in simulation, although she wasn't a healthcare person, she was an organizational studies person. And uh, uh, her name was Lee Kearney. And she worked for an organization uh, called the Center for Creative Leadership in Colorado and uh, was getting her PhD while she was working there. And that organization ran all sorts of programs to develop teamwork and leadership. In exchange for her spending time with us and us helping her do her PhD, she, she agreed to run a workshop with us and so we went off-site and she played all these kind of uh, teamwork games with us. What we learned is that we were a just terrible team. We broke what? records uh, in some of the games that we played <laughs> in just total incompetence as a team. Lots of issues of distrust and understanding of who people were and you know, just really changed everybody's view of how we didn't work together. Uh, Very effectively. And I have to say, it it made a monumental change in our simulation activities. And it allowed us to, you know, sit down and come up with some order and structure. I think back to those days, and I remember, you know, I had just started. I was the junior person on the team, and I just remember scenes in the control room when we were running scenarios where everybody was was talking at once and making changes, and people were reaching over each other's shoulder and changing the vital signs on the computer and arguing bitterly in the control room about what we were going to do next, People talking to ESPs in the room and the ESPs in the room, ignoring them and doing their own thing. I mean, they were the most chaotic scenarios ever, ever run in simulation. <laughs> and, um, you know, after we got together and started to understand each other and understand our role as team members and realized that even though we thought we were teaching teamwork we knew very little about it it really set us in a in a quite a new direction of learning. I've always thought that even though there's some inertia to overcome to go to a retreat or do a retreat or participate in something that's new the value of it is just immeasurable.
1: question for you because I'm just thinking about there's that Harvard Business Review article on team personality. I don't remember the exact title. It's something like great teams are made of personalities. And, And what it talks about is that Google's been studying what makes great teams, and it has a lot to do with the individual personalities that create this team personality. For example, if somebody's just typically goal-oriented and then someone else is relationship-oriented, that you you need to have the right mixture of both. And then, you know, I'm thinking of there is this management guide called Making the Team. You know, that one talks about how retreats just don't change conflict it can smooth it over but it can't change conflict and so just thinking about both of those articles kind of meshed together i'm thinking did it did that retreat actually change the way you functioned at that time as uh, a team I, yeah you know i'm sure it revealed the differences I, I believe
0: i believe it did not in its in and of itself but i think the realization our internal view of each other and of our team was flawed. I think everybody mm-hmm. on some level appreciated that. And they then, as we undertook organizational activities and restructuring of how we did things, I, I think those those notions kept coming up. And we kept realizing that, uh-huh. um, that the individuals were who they were and that we needed to work with that. There were a couple of more retreats that we did that involved you know, kind of personality profiles, and we did something called personalysis. Yeah, Yeah, you were at that one. There was a much earlier one that we (laughs) did, and I remember we, you know, we lined up everybody on the team uh, according to how they scored and different variables in the personality thing, and we were so shocked and just laughing at how people who didn't get along were at uh, at the extreme ends of these uh, ends. of of these profiles, and I'm not a great believer in those sorts of pop psychology things, but um, it did really it did well, really help I. me though. It helped me get along with people that I couldn't really find a way to get along with. And just appreciating that you know that I was at one end of the spectrum, and you know uh, uh, didn't care about detail and was more abstract and conceptual, and the person that I couldn't get along with was at the other end of the spectrum, and they were focused on detail. And I realized, with the help of a coach, that if I simply stopped talking and provided a little detail to them. That they that we got along much better. And I, I'm thinking of one individual who we just completely changed our relationship. And I think it was based on joint realization that we were just complete opposite personalities.
1: Did you say you learned that if you stopped talking
0: with that individual? <laughs>
1: So I think what you're saying here, Dan, is really important because I think what retreats do is they highlight the things to work on, and they give you a shared experience and common vocabulary, and identified points that you know, as a team, you need to work on, but there's still work to be done. That's the advantage of a retreat. I think highlighting that, but then continued retreats is working on that work that you've identified as a team to, you know, keep doing. And so I thought this year's retreat was really great because as you know, my current passion is in deliberately developmental organizations where we actually practice what we preach. Part of what I preach is interprofessional education, teamwork, collaboration, listening. And it was really hard work practicing that with each other and enjoyable hard work. And being able to talk about it and deliberately practice that and then understand the concepts, the underlying concepts and thoughts and emotions that drive some of the dynamics that are good and bad so that we can bring it to our teaching i thought i think that's the value in retreats Continued so are
0: retreats. you implying that because it was a lot about listening that it was good i wasn't there since it wasn't about talking
1: <laughs> i'm not sure we would have gotten uh-huh. to the listening
0: uh-huh. oh you're <laughs> harsh
1: no it was it was really great i mean one of the things that Kate Morris and I have been developing is a feedback on feedback course. And we got some pretty hard hitting feedback during uh-huh. our session. She and I spent like a week reflecting on how we received that feedback, how everyone else received the feedback, the team dynamics during that feedback, that actually is now part of the course that we're developing And so the fact that we deliberately developed ourselves as faculty to be able to teach this course was like ah, amazing. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have this kind of social atmosphere relax and and that's the other thing about retreats is that like it eliminates the time pressure that you have in the work environment like you have an hour scheduled for meetings and you know while we did have structure to our retreat you know we we had cooking teams and you can still continue those conversations as you're cooking and the next morning and over coffee and late at night and so it was just I, I just love retreats it's nice to get away and be in a different environment and um create this shared experience together for constant I, learning? I,
0: I think, um, you know, one of the really important things you br- bring up is that, you know, it's just a, a a catalyst to a process. You know, you learn a few things at a retreat that you then need to put into action and apply in different ways. And so I think one of the important things is to come up with a theme that's relevant to the, uh, to the team that is part of what they're working on or could be working on or should be working on. And so I, I think it's a real mm-hmm. leadership thing, for uh the leader of the organization to you know think about for you know six months for the biannual retreat what are we really going to do this time that's going to be uh constructive but not just a, another one of our meetings, you know, a longer version of one of our routine right. meetings, what's going to be fundamentally different yet connect to what we're doing as an organization. And I think that's a real skill. That's a really, right. you know, uh, beautiful thing if a leader can, uh, you know, come up with just the right thing.
1: You know, you're touching on a mini topic that I actually, I think is, was the intent of of this particular podcast, which is it's a big price tag to to have a retreat within an organization and, and just encouraging other organizations to do it because I, I believe that the cost is not doing it and that if you don't have a retreat, everything else can potentially be a workaround. And a retreat is a great way to have the time to identify ways that you can reflect on yourself as a functioning group and what you're doing and question how you function and question what you're uh, doing.
0: One thing that you've said several times has triggered a thought in, in me about retreats that I came to appreciate, and that is they don't need always need to be about things that you're not doing well, that you need to improve upon, that you need to, uh, to work on. I recall at one retreat that we did a long time ago, we hired a fellow who ran the retreat and helped us work on whatever problem it was, I don't even remember. But I remember he started off with, what he did is he pulled the group onto what activity that we had done that motivated them? What was the kind of favorite thing where they were really proud of what we did? It was just a little bit of a surprise to everyone. Everyone's independently said the same thing. And it was about doing, you know, really big, uh, high stakes simulations. At the time, we were You know, we were contracted with by the American College of Surgeons and the cardiac surgery societies to put on some, you know, spectacular extravaganza kinds of simulations for them. It was the one thing that everybody said, you know, got them to work every day. I hadn't appreciated that. I don't think Jeff Cooper really realized how every single person in the organization love the challenge and the uncertainty and the pressure of those activities. And I think it taught us that that was something that we were good at and that we should keep doing in the future and that we should keep, you know, improving upon even though they were highly successful and highly motivating. So much like debriefing, you know, there's a tendency to focus on the negative, what you can improve, what you did wrong, what you can learn from your mistakes. Uh, I think it's really important to uh, focus on what you do well, what you enjoy doing, what you're successful at, so that you keep doing those things. And, um, And I think retreats can be really positive experiences and celebrate successes and you learn a lot from that as well. I agree. I think I think we need to re repeat the retreat with me there. <laughs> and I think the topic should be talking a lot and listening a lot. Well, Janice Palaganis, I love listening to you, I have to say. Um, uh, it's a weakness of mine. Uh, I hope I uh, didn't bore you to death today. Uh, it was really fun.
1: No, I love you. listening to you. And thank you, everyone, for listening okay. to us. Take care. DJ Simulationistas, sup? is brought
0: to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedicine.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.